Hello friends and welcome to your very happy Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. The sun is shining at Heath Towers, Ipswich Town are back up to second in the league and I, friends, is that the police? I'd like to report on murder. The 11 men of Charlton were battered at Portman Road on Saturday, 6-0 and I'm joined by the man who readily admitted after the game that he looks at the table at least once an hour in every part of his life. It's the Hutch man, Andy Warren, how are you? Mate, it feels like that. It really, it, re- it really does. Um, how many points clear? When's the game in hand? What's the goal difference again? Just constant. And every time you look at it, recently, it, it just feels good for Ipswich. It, it, it really does. And um, they were relentless at the weekend. It was brilliant, absolutely mm. brilliant to watch. Um, they're a really good football team. They're not too bad, are they? I'm starting to they're think all they're right. half decent this side. That they might be mm. uh, capable of doing something. Um, Hutchie. Elephant in the room, Kieran McKenna. He's lying, isn't he? When he says he doesn't look at the table, of course he bloody looks at the table. How can you not look at it? Just a little glance. Like, of course he look, is. I, the sentiment is bang on, and I completely, I completely believe that that laser focus, the like tunnel vision, is there from them. Completely believe that. But he's looked at the table. He, he's looked at it. He knows they're second. He knows he knows they've got a game in hand on on Sheffield Wednesday, and he knows he knows what the goal difference is. So yeah, little bit of a fib there. I'm I'm convinced of that. But the sentiment of everything he says is bang on, um, and I'm, I'm completely convinced that that tunnel vision and and just complete focus on themselves is what's got them to this point. Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll let him off. We'll let mm. him off. Hopefully, last game of the season, he'll come out and say, I'm looking at the table now, baby. And boy, <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> it's, not really, it's not really a very K-Mac thing to do, that, is it? Sue um, and, and I were talking at the weekend. And like, it, could, like, Imagine if like we did our jobs and just did not look at the league table for the entire season. <laughs> just like We tried to do it like that. And, um, just oblivious. We, we got to this point and decided to look at mid-April. It's like, ah! Oh! Great, <laughs> <laughs> they're in a they're in a good position. Or, or like during one of the other league one seasons, I it, yeah, it's been okay. It feels feels good, and then you suddenly look eleventh. Yeah, really? Wow, really? Wow, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I often think uh, if we try to do our jobs now, like for example, a legend of the East Anglian uh, sports scene, Tony Garnett, did back in the day when he was covering Ipswich, when they didn't speak to the players. The idea of speaking to the players was like completely ridiculous and, and everything came via the chairman and very rarely they spoke to someone like Alf Ramsey that was very rare um most of it was through was through the cobalts um imagine that now Hutchie in this day and age of media if we if you just so I'm, I'm I don't want to talk to the players why, why do I want to talk to the players <laughs> can you do your can you do your Alf Ramsey impression again please it's I feel fine <laughs> I feel fine <laughs> That's what he would have said after 6-0 against Charlton, of course, on Saturday. So, Ralph, how are you feeling? Ipswich Town, they just battered Charlton 6-0, back up to second in the table. Well, I feel fine. And obviously, I, I, I won't be looking at the table. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Hutchie, let's, should, we, should we talk about it now? We're going to talk ourselves very excited about this. Ipswich Town absolutely battered Charlton on Saturday. Stu said before the game he wanted a nice, stable, solid 1-0. I said somewhat facetiously, I'll take a 5-0. In the end, it was 6-0. You mentioned they're relentless, obviously the favourite word of our, our fearless leader, Mark Ashton. And it was relentless, Hutchie. Um, give us give us our, our opening stanza and let's let's go. 
Yeah, from the from the off, you knew it was going to be a day where where Town were on the front foot throughout and looking to just stamp on on Charlton. Three corners in the first couple of minutes, two goals in the first fifteen, um, blew away. That will do you for a team that we talk about these mid table teams who aren't going up, they're not going down, they're not bad teams, they're not brilliant teams. If you put them away early, you're going to struggle. They they're going to struggle to find the fight. To there's no fight there to come back. Um, mm. And if Town can do that, and look, the same will apply for a couple more of the games they've got um, during the rest of the season, um, that should that should do you a rare a rare kind of kicking towards the south stand, um, which hasn't happened much recently. But they 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 managed to do the early job there as well. Two really good goals, well taken by Connor Chaplin, and that was that really. Um, but then they kept going. And that was mm. that was the great thing. They they kept going. They were relentless. They they were feeling themselves in a, in as positive a way as you possibly can. And um, muscles flexed showed everything everything that we like about them um, mm. in basically all areas of the pitch. So uh, they're really good. Like as much as we like we we spend we look at the table. We look at the situations. We're, this is all about promotion. But but sometimes maybe just step back a little bit and realize how good they are. Mm. They're really, really good. They're a really good football team, and that's oh, indeed. Um, that's that's why they are where they are. And that was acknowledged by Charlton boss Dean Holden afterwards, who said they're the best team in the, in the division by country mile. Um, we didn't lay a glove on them. They they pulled us apart. They destroyed us essentially, mm. and that's what happened. Uh, We've heard a lot of that, haven't we? Uh, from mm. from from managers after games, but yeah, he really meant that. Yeah, like some sometime obviously his team had just been slapped six nil, but. A lot of the managers after games, you kind of, yeah, they're the best team in the league, and I'm I'm sure they say that about all the other girls. They say that about <laughs> they say that about all of them. But this, yeah. I think he really meant that um, uh, that they're not top of the table, and I think they are the mm. best the best team. Like we watch them every week. We don't watch all of the others, but they're really really good. Really good. They just need yeah. to finish the job now. In that spirit, Hutchie, have you seen, at least in recent times, anything sexier than Nathan Broadhead's scoop pass for oh, man. second goal? That we're both big basketball fans, and that's the sort of thing you would see in a basketball game, isn't it? That kind of no look, fancy Dan pass to set up an opportunity. It was absolutely extraordinary stuff, mm, like I mean, an alley oop. Yeah, like, it, it looks it looks great on. Um... The replays look great, but honestly, watch that in real time in the stadium. And it, I don't think Stu saw it because he, he has his head down at certain points doing the, the live yeah. block. He, he had yeah. his head down at that moment. He didn't see the assist first time, but I I was just like, whoa. And then I caught I caught the eye of one of the analysts. Yeah. And we both, one of the town analysts, and we were both like, <laughs> like the finish thing, the finish was great. The finish from yeah. Chaplin was great, but that, but that little scoop just to, just to play him through into so much space was just just class. Like this is going to be a podcast of us just waxing lyrical, it, isn't it? Just yeah. like strap yourselves in, strap yourselves yeah. in. We that, are yeah. talking very excitedly about town for forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, that, uh, there's nothing else to do but that. But that was just such a good, such a good goal. Um, Broadhead had so many touches like that during the game. He had another another sort of period of play where he worked the ball in. I think from left to right and like. Glided past past two and then knocked it through the legs of a third. And he's he's class. He's he's added 
a layer of class to this team that that's taken them to another level and um combine that with someone like Chaplin who's um who's lethal mm. um good things good things are going to happen the first goal was great too like he Connor after the game said that he kind of felt like he maybe should have shot earlier but I think the fact he didn't is why he's so good mm. um that he he took the ball out from under his feet and um and found that space to finish in the, in the other the other corner um not great defending from Charlton for that one but um two really good goals and like I say I think I think if you can get 2-0 up against a team in Charlton's position you you've done your job and um and town had but they kept going um just going back to that scoop pass Hutchie, is that the sexiest thing you've seen at Portman Road since uh, Selena's goal I mean I can't I'm trying to think of individual moments of brilliance that, that makes you go make you go like involuntarily go ooh you know that american psycho gif where he's going ooh that one never seen it okay. um <laughs> i genuinely haven't um yeah probably um there's been some great yeah uh you test ponder that now. ponder yeah, that. keep, ponder keep that in the back of your brain while, while we're talking because i'm going to ask you next another question of the six what was the best goal? That one. The second one? Yeah. Yeah, correct. I'd agree with you there. And also, Connor Chaplin. He's got 25 goals now, 22 in the league. Can we say that he's having a good season? Come on. You were, you were, you were stubborn. You were saying not until he's, he's cracked 20 in the league is this a, think... a, a decent season for the lad. <laughs> I think that's pushing it out of here. Look, he's, <laughs> clearly, he's had a great season. I was never saying that he's not, his goal scoring wasn't impressive, but... The twen- the cliche of the twenty goal a season striker, which obviously we must acknowledge he is not a striker and still managed mm. it. That is a league only stat. Twenty goal a season, that is a league stat in my mind. Um, and he's done that now. And we we spoke a few couple of weeks ago about whether he could go on and um, and win the golden boot this season. Clark Harris has had at uh, Peterborough has had a really good few weeks with that, and it uh, looked like he'd kind of stretched well. Clearly, he's only two behind him now. Connor mm. him. Um, he could. Uh, it's just further mad. We, we had this chat last week, Mark, didn't we? He's not up for the League One Player of the Year award. Um, remarkably, Which, but now um, it seems crazy, crazier. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, look, uh, it's, it is it is mad to think that he's not. But um, but he's not. But we know how good he is. And um, yeah, he's had a decent season. He's had a decent campaign, I'd say. He's not He's not doing bad, much like the, the team. They are half decent, capable of uh, doing things on the day. Hutchie, uh, last week we spoke about player of the season on that note, um, and you cast your vote for Sam Morsey. Now, clearly this is a few, only a few days later, but now Chaplin's just buried a hat-trick. Any, any kind of second thoughts there about... Uh, if Chaplin ends up on, I don't know, 30 goals for the season, which is entirely feasible, would you change your vote there? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you have to. I think the vote actually closes tomorrow, so you have to okay. pass that vote tomorrow. But Morsi would be my pick for player of the season. But I, like I said last week, Chaplin is like a, a paper's width behind that. Mm. Morsi, I thought, was outstanding, absolutely, out, like, incredibly good on Saturday, um, just throughout the, the entire course of the season. Morsi would be my pick, but. I think Chaplin will win it, and I think that's absolutely fine. He's been brilliant. He's a great ambassador for the club. Obviously, this this all happened on the, the club's foundation day, which he's a trustee of. Um, couldn't have been written any better that he'd be the man that, that would score the hat-trick. Um, 
and would be a worthy winner of that. Of course, of course he would. But for me, Morsi's been the the extreme constant um mm. constant leader in there and, and would probably get my vote for it. But Chaplin is yeah. Um he's been very, very good. he's a worthy winner of it. Mm. Um can we pause now also, Hutchie, for some big Fred appreciation? Because it would have been very, very easy for Adapo's head to drop, given when Hurst came in in January, he was, Freddie was was in decent form. Um, and obviously he'd been in and out of the side all season anyway. But now it appears, certainly from the evidence of the last few games, that he is kind of very much in that backup role now. And, you know, Hurst had obviously been in excellent scoring form as well. So it would have been really easy as a football player to go, don't really fancy this. I'm meant to be the main man. That's why I'm here. I've, I'm scoring all the goals. I'm the leading scorer before Chaplin exploded. Um, why aren't I starting? But he's not done that. And then he comes off the bench and he could have had a hat-trick himself, Hutchie. And two two of the goals were fantastic. Well, both mm. of the goals. <laughs> yeah, and he could. you're right. He could have had the hat-trick. It was him yeah. that was hauled down for the uh, for the red card. I'd, I'd not realised that was Ryan Innes' fourth red card of the season. Wow. Hatchet job. Uh, for that, that's... Um, that's a lot of games you're missing through through suspension. Yeah, he's still starting. Remarkable, but yeah, um, Ladapo just needed another another yard, another shrug of the shoulder to get away from Innes, and he'd have mm. been one on one for a hat trick himself. Um, but they need both of them, and I think that's something that Kieran McKenna's done so well is just make sure that players still feel involved and still feel valuable. Um, the five sub thing means that guaranteed every single game both of those players are going to get 25 minutes, half an hour each, mm. which helps, I think. But the coaching staff have kept everyone that's not starting games engaged. And you're, you're right, Ladapo's probably top of the list of those that might think that they should have played more. But this first eleven's emerged, hasn't it? This this mm. is Town's first eleven, um, But Ladapo is probably at the head of the list, Um of players who might have a bit of a grievance about that, but he's he's not shown it. Playing with a smile on his face, the crowd love him. But the, n- n- neither of the goals were were my favourite Ladapo moment of the weekend. I don't know if any of the highlights picked this up, but when um, Kyle Edwards hit the post in the lead up to that Leaf Davis six goal, Freddie Ladapo found that absolutely hilarious that that, Ed, <laughs> that Edwards that Edwards didn't score. He found that so funny. He was I could see. Just he was just laughing so hard, trying to like pick Edwards up off the floor, just laughing at him. It was that was my favourite Ladapo moment of the weekend. That shows a man that's pretty comfortable in what in his role and what he's being asked to do. And um, yeah, both of those players are going to have big moments in these last five as well. Both strikers and and the fact they've got two of them that are, that are so capable um, is another reason why Town Town are going so well. Mm. And just reflecting on Freddie's stats, he's got 19 goals, Hutchie. It's got to be one of the quietest 19 goal seasons mm. there's ever been. 15 in the league. And he's only, what has he started, like 25, 26 games? Something like that. Yeah. That's a ridiculous return for well, anyone, but particularly someone coming off the bench. Incredible yeah. from Freddie. And there's, there was a great a great interview with him a couple of weeks ago where he was asked about Hurst. Um, and obviously, he's not. He has to be diplomatic, but his answer genuinely felt real. Was that I'm happy for him, and the competition makes us both better. Um, which I thought was a that is the sort of thing that you only hear in 
successful sides, that kind of genuine feeling and happiness for each other. And it was also demonstrated, actually, Connor Chaplin got a hat-trick, but I think maybe the best thing he did on the day was not touch the ball when he could have had he could have had four. It would have been so easy. He was fighting against every sinew in his body mm. as, a, as a player who likes to score goals to leave that ball and let it roll in for Freddie's goal. Yeah, there's that famous um, Cristiano Ronaldo goal. I don't know if you've seen it he, for, for Portugal where he kind of is incredible, like the way he cuts in from the from the left in a way that Ronaldo does and like chips chips the goalkeeper and then Nani is on the line and just like <laughs> touches it in in an offside position <laughs> as well. And Ronaldo is absolutely furious. And um, yeah, two reasons to leave that. One, don't be selfish. And I don't think you could ever accuse Conor Chaplin of being very self-centred. That's not him. Um, and two, might have been offside, which would have made everybody look very silly. So uh, mm. yeah. You do have to show some restraint there, though, don't you? Um, and he did. Mm. Um, in terms of other things we need to reflect on, Hutchie, you look on paper, 6-0 win, you think, oh, Charlton, Charlton rubbish. Um, but going into this game, Charlton were the third best side in terms of form in League One over the last six games. They've won four of the last six games. So you can't just say Town have, have smashed someone who aren't any, any good at all. 6-0 um, win is, is brilliant any time. But to do that against a side that coming in with some decent form and confidence is is another sign of a, a really, really, really good team. Yeah, definitely. Um, some good players on the pitch for Charlton. They weren't very good um, on in the, on this occasion. Um, and I'm not surprised they got slapped about in the way that they did. They they weren't good at all. They started badly and didn't didn't recover from that. Um, they had some moments, though. They had, Macaulay Bond had a, had a header saved. Mm, um, that was a good save, actually, wasn't it? Which is a good save. All That was all Christian Walton was really asked to do on the afternoon, and he did that well, which is what you want from your goalkeeper at this point. Um, so that was good. And then in the second half, um, Jesser and Raksaki, who was very quiet, very good player, very quiet, managed to sort of wriggle into the box and got brought down by Leif Davis. M- my view was that was that could easily have been a penalty. It wasn't, um, but aside from that, either of those two, Town weren't weren't troubled at all. They defended very well. I thought Cameron Burgess played really well again. Um, he's he's sort of quietly going about his business. You say kind of quietly going about his business. This is a team that just keeping clean sheets left, right, and centre, and the defenders mm. are kind of doing it quietly. But they they are. Um, Wolfram didn't have another good game as well. Um, so yeah, they it, it, they weren't completely untroubled, but but they made very light work of Charlton and um, just never in doubt, never in doubt after that start. For those who weren't there, and clearly there were a lot of people there sell out, but we've got, we know we've got thousands of other town fans around the world who couldn't be there. What was the um, reception like for Macaulay Bond? You'd imagine it would be warm. Yeah, warm, warm, I would say. Um, warm, but with some humour as well. That, that, that There was some chance in the second half of Macaulay Bond, he's always offside. And I enjoyed that. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> he, he is um, yeah. a major flaw, a major flaw in his game. That, um, but yeah, before kickoff, I think, I think it, when his name got read out, nice warm applause. Um, just happy. I think some people. I, I don't think you you can't not wish him well, can you? Like obviously not right. on the day. It'd be, um, yeah. He made some comments before the match about wanting to celebrate a goal if he scored it. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. Um, some people might, but for me, I've got no issue with that at all. Um, but yeah, you can't not wish him well. I just, I'm just sad that his that things haven't 
haven't kept going for him after the start of that loan spell. I always thought it would be difficult for him to what would come next after that. Mm. Um, it's proven that way. But we'll, we'll see where he's at next year. He's only on a short-term contract at Charlton. So we'll see, see which way that goes. Can we talk, Hutchie, about those comments about celebrating goals? Um, because this is this is something that winds me up on a wider scale. Uh, players who are expected to or don't celebrate goals against former clubs. Because for me, when they when I see that, it really annoys me. Uh, because you've just scored a goal against a former... Yeah, say Bond scored on Saturday. Yes, he's an Ipswich Town fan. He scores a goal, doesn't celebrate. But it doesn't lessen the fact he's just scored a goal against against the team. Uh, and you're paid to score goals for your employer. So it seems disrespectful to then not... not do you know what I mean? It's one mm. of these things in football that really annoys me. This kind of uh, expectation that players won't celebrate goals or shouldn't celebrate goals against former clubs or clubs they support, whatever. Yeah, I think there are levels to that. And there are scenarios where you can, where you might expect someone to be a bit more respectful. Like if, I don't know if, but Macaulay Bond doesn't, doesn't reach that. Yes, he's an Ipswich fan. He spent one season at Ipswich. Like if mm. you, if like every player didn't celebrate a goal, against clubs they played for previously. Like there are some players that will just never be celebrating because they've played for so many. But um yeah. I think there's a time and a that sometimes there's a time and a place for it. Like I don't know if if Macaulay's relegated. Won, if it, if it's yeah, relegated if it, yeah. or something like that, then that's different, isn't it? Yeah. But generally speaking. Yeah, generally speaking. Like if I was a Charlton fan and Bon Bon, Macaulay Bond scored three goals in the last 14 or 15 months. So mm. like, he needs to celebrate his own achievements, I think. And yeah, I I would rather players celebrate. There are some occasions where I'm fine with it. Like very, if, if you're playing against a club that you have served for a very, very long time and the goal that you've scored against them has some quite dire consequences, you don't need to rub it in their faces. You don't need to celebrate in kind of a, um, aggravating way, but mm. your job's to score goals for your team. So exactly. ce- celebrate with your fans, please. Hundred percent. Anything else? Any notes from the game, Hutchie? Because I've got a couple I want to want to run by you as way of finishing. Hit me. Hit um, me. One. I don't. Obviously, you were at the game, um, I, so I don't know if you've heard any of this. But George Edmondson on iFollow was uh, was 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 good value. Was he? Um, he was. Yeah. Obviously, he gets very into it. Uh, and there's a particular after Chaplin scored his hat trick. And uh, he was trying to get the ball, and uh, the Charlton players punted it back up the pitch. And Emerson was like, "Let him, let him do it, let him do it." Oh, I can't believe they've not let him do it. And I assume he had some sort of uh, celebration planned with the with the ball. Is it tucks it up his top or something? Mm. Um, so okay. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Uh, on that note, by the way, have you have you? It was doing the rounds on social media over over the weekend. Have you, have you heard the uh, the Salford City? I followed commentary after they lost against Colchester. No, um, I tweeted it yesterday. It's, it's brilliant. It's uh, yeah, it's it's one of the most biased commentaries you will ever hear uh, from someone. I'm assuming is meant to be objective. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll listen to that. Yeah, go go and look it. Go, it's on my Twitter feed. Go and go and watch it if you've got a minute to, to have a laugh. And the other thing, actually, we've talked all the time about your your rating scale. We've talked about the kind of psychology behind it and the methodology. Have you ever handed out a ten before? Because that's what Connor Chaplin got at the weekend. I have, yes. That's my second Ipswich Town 10. Who was the other one? Lee Evans. When he got a hat-trick? 
Not yeah, you don't. This I, I thought about this. You you don't automatically get one if you if you just score a hat trick. Mm. Uh, just just to be clear, like you have to do more. And Chaplin did more. Uh, Lee Evans also, I think he assisted at least two, if not all three, of the six goals in that game where he scored a hat trick. That was a six nil win against Doncaster. Mm. Um, I think he might have laid on all of the goals. He also scored that hat trick from defensive midfield. Um, so he got a ten for that. Chaplin. Chaplin was involved in everything, like everything. Um, like he 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 could have had a couple more, picking him out from um, from set pieces again, like low balls that he had. Matt somehow managed to find space, complete three four yards of space to shoot from. Those shots were blocked blocked well. Uh, George Hurst could have scored a goal um, from Chaplin's lay back. Um, he was involved in the other some of the other goals as well. Um, couldn't really fault him. Everything gave everything. Um, link play was good. Energy was good. So yeah, you don't just get one just for scoring a hat trick, though. Very important to say, and also, of course, on that mm. night where Levens got ten, he also completed probably the greatest knee slide ever seen in Portman Road history. Of course, surely is important, and probably in, in hindsight should have edged him above Chaplin in, in the in the score eleven. Eleven, Levens, <laughs> yeah. I was pleased that you. I was pleased you gave him ten because that allowed me to use the uh, the headline "Perfect 10 on the front of the verdict today, which I was very pleased with. It works on so so many levels, doesn't it, with Chaplin? Um, there we go, mate. I'm out. Other than that, what about other things from your end to note? Any other kind of players you want to highlight? Little things, little peek behind the curtain things. Morsi was great again. I thought through Morsi and Luongo are just a solid as you want midfield duo. Can't knock it in any way whatsoever. Um, already talked about the centre-halves. Um, nothing else to say, really, other than just what, what a great what a great day it was. Um, mm. And it also, also, obviously, we talk about what happened elsewhere. Plymouth with a, by all accounts, fairly fortunate victory at Exeter. Mm. Um, but they keep winning. That's what you want. Uh, for, from their point of view, they... they they just they just want to win. It doesn't matter how they do it, but but more drop points for Sheffield Wednesday. It's um staggering, really, how that's how that's happened, isn't it? They're having a proper wobble, aren't they? Um, Exeter, of course, made to pay for not including the dream in their squad, having uh, having scored last weekend and been papped by yourself getting a subway. It seemed only right that he should start in that that big game. And uh, but, but no, I hope well, I hope Mark that was not, I hope that was nothing to do with. I hope it didn't get back to the management that he had a subway and that <laughs> he's left out. Um, to be fair, all of his teammates were in. I, th- I, I think one of the Exeter players was heading in the direction of KFC at one point as well. So, Dirty protein. Oh. Mm. Mm. That's okay, it's protein. Um, <clears throat> right then, Hutchie, let me just finish by reading out a few stats before we move on to Port Vale tomorrow. Ipswich Town now are 14 games unbeaten. They've won six in a row at home and they've also rather sexually, scored 25 goals without reply at Portman Road. And, of course, Connor Chaplin now on 25 goals for the season. Just a couple away from that ridiculously good kind of flagship. When you think of an Ipswich Town striker in recent times and a great season, you think Daryl Murphy, don't you? Um, and Connor Chaplin is very much in that in that sphere. Have you ever been around a side, Hutchie, in your long and impressive journalistic career to date that have had those kind of stats attached to them? Because... Again, I think we risk getting blasé about quite a lot of things around town, the support um, particularly. But 
this run they were recently on doesn't happen. We know last time it happened was 1953. But that stat, 25 goals without reply at home, for example, that that's sensational. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the first Swindon team I covered, right. um, Valo Di Canio's team. They, they ended up winning the League Two title. Um, they were relentless too. They were... They just it snowballed for them, and and in a similar way to this Ipswich team, it, it all kind of came together late um, after a slightly slow start. Obviously, Town started very well this season. They had their dip in the middle, but the Canio's team started slowly as the players kind of got used to his crazy fitness methods. But it all came good for them in the end, and they they beat Port Vale. I think Port Vale it was yeah five nil at home to win the league like mm. that. It reminds me of that team a little bit, but I don't think they had these numbers. I don't think they, like, this is the kind of proper kind of unbeaten run that that now compares really favourably to other teams in this. I remember writing something two or three months ago, um, looking at winning runs and unbeaten runs, and Town mm. were just not matching their, their rivals in terms of those runs. Um, they've well and truly done it now, and they've done it at just the right time. Um, just five more um, to keep them going. We we kind of it feels like it looks like eleven points from fifteen will do the job for them from here. Um, that goal difference is huge, uh, a huge advantage to them. Which obviously a six nil home win is going to help no mm-hmm. end. So eleven points from here, there's a slight margin for error now, which it didn't feel like there was maybe two two or three games ago. Um, we were talking about yeah, I think they might have to win them all. They don't have to win them all, but they're capable of it. Mm. And we always clearly within the kind of cliche ridden, particularly football vernacular, there's all we always joke around one game at a time onto the next one, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that is clearly, you know, the, the message that comes out from everyone you speak to. But in your position where you actually get to speak to the, the players and the manager and stuff, do you, do you actually feel like that is, that is genuine? Are they, hundred percent kind of laser focused on just getting this we always thought always hear don't we from Morsey especially the process and McKenna the process just keep doing what you, you're meant to be doing every day and the end goal will take care of itself but that is quite a big step to actually believe in that and not allow yourself to start thinking about what might be coming and take your eye off the process a little bit because you're almost there but do you get that kind of sense with them when you when you speak to them that is a hundred percent they they bought into that Definitely. I, be- I, I believe them. Players have said this over years and years and years, haven't they? But, mm. and you don't, and you don't believe them. This is, I, this team is just so, this team, this squad, the coaching stuff, they're just so, they're so different on so mm. many different counts. Um, but yeah, you do, you believe them. Um, and it's working for them. I guess that's the main thing. It, it like whatever they're doing, um, and you do believe the the way that they're describing it, but whatever they're doing is working for them. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, I do. Long may it continue. And in that spirit, Hutchie, on to the next one, one game at a time. It's Port Vale tomorrow night at Portman Road. Um, now you'd expect already that this would be a, a town win. There's been some news come out of Port Vale this morning, which adds even more fire to that. They've they've decided to part company. Is always the word now, isn't it? But they've sacked. Dale Clark, <clears throat> they're on a terrible run. Two wins in 18 games in the league um, and they've slipped right down the league. I think they probably are going to survive, but they're, they're only six points above the drop zone down mm. in 18th. Um, 
this is just another one, isn't it, Hutchie? Keep that consistency. Roll yeah. over Port Vale. Yeah, like the the natural thing when this happens is think, oh yeah, new manager bounce. Here we go. But I I don't think it's a factor. If I'm honest, it seems like Port Vale fans are a bit sort of confused and frustrated by this. They weren't. Hmm. It wasn't kind of on their agenda that they were hounding Daryl Clark out. He's the man that got them promoted to during a time where he was having some some really really <clears throat> really difficult and sad um, hmm. family circumstances. They got them promoted, and looks like like you say uh, it's getting a bit tight. But it looks like he's going to keep them in League One. Was going to keep them in League One, so maybe a, a bit of a surprise there. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's about Ipswich. It's, it, these games are all about Ipswich. They're about what what they do. If if Town do what they did in the in the opening stages of the game with Charlton on on Saturday, then it could go it could go the same way. Um, who knows? Um, mm. But yeah, is uh, the opposition, particularly in this game, um, isn't something is feels like a massive factor. Um, if I'm honest. It's all about town, isn't it, Hutchie? And it really spirit, is. In that spirit, do you make any changes to the side? Are there any kind of... Obviously, I, I don't know if there's going to be a press today, but <clears throat> there were no kind of injury concerns coming out of Saturday, were there? Um, I, I, didn't, <coughs> I didn't really realise it. That Harry Clark was a bit stiff and a um, bit tight when he came off, I think, a bit hobbly mm. um, by the sounds of things. So he he's one that is at least a question mark. Um We'll see. Um, I guess Broadhead obviously missed a game with that ankle. Is it is it going to be all right to go again? I'd imagine it probably is, and and mm. and, and you want to play him anyway. Um, there's a conversation about should you start Ladapo in this one ahead of Hurst? Definitely a valid conversation. I probably would say no. Um, Freddie seems to be operating really quite nicely from that role from the bench. Actually, mm. um, yeah. I think if if possible, you go again, same 11. Um, if I'm honest, I, I, I don't think there's anywhere where you're looking at it thinking this needs a this needs a change. But mm. you've got those five subs. So if if, um, if you can start fast, put Port Vale away, then you start taking people off with, with Saturday at Peterborough in mind. But um, same again for me, Mark. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask this. And I'm going to ask it now. You know, um, we just talked there about cliches and stuff, and and the language of football and the way people talk in football. Not too dissimilar from other sports, but certainly in football, there's a very set way that that those involved talk about it. The managers, the players, the, the certain phrases that get trotted out all the time, like "we go again" and "onto mm-hmm. the next one" and <clears throat> that kind of thing. Do you ever find yourself, Hutchie, in everyday life? that kind of seeping into the way you talk. Because I've I've noticed it particularly with Stu. Stu often goes into like football mode um, and he often talks like a football manager. He'll talk about fine margin affairs, for example. No one says that in normal life. Um, <laughs> do you ever find that when you're kind of out and about the family? Do you sort of drop a little bit of a, a football cliche in? Probably. You'd have to pull <laughs> me up on them now. I, yeah. I'll, I'll start paying attention. I, probably. I, I think it's probably impossible not to. Um, do you ever talk? Do you ever say to, to Aya something about a hoodoo? Uh, the word hoodoo only exists in sport. No, nowhere else does that exist as a, as a viable word that you would ever use in any context. Yeah, hoodoo is not one that I would uh, 
that I would use. There's a, there's a Twitter account that I'm I'm really enjoying at the moment called Brian's Gun, who uh, okay. who uh, puts together little videos of. of I'll, I'll send you a couple after this. Puts yeah. together. It's, it's basically they pick a cliche and then put together clips of just so many football managers saying the same thing. There was I sent <laughs> I sent a couple to my wife last night and she was um she really she actually quite enjoyed them. Um, yeah. There was one about a blip, um, and and then another one of Sean Dice just saying again and again and again that we're a decent outfit, we're a decent outfit, we're a decent outfit. Um, <laughs> but it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, some of some of them are absolutely ridiculous. I mean, start pulling me up on them if I do, because I probably I probably do. Um, I've I'm not noticed. Thinking. It's for me. It's Watson, uh, and it is things like you'll say you'll drop fine margin affair into into conversation, for example, uh, when we're on here, uh, and that. For me, it's just a sign that he's he's rubbed a lot of shoulders with a lot of football people. He now <laughs> talks the language of football. But what I'd be really interested in is if if Mrs. Warren or Mrs. Watson said could say actually you start to talk a bit odd. You know, <laughs> if you've got friends who are coppers, for example, they they talk they 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 talk differently to normal people. I've got a friend who's a policeman, and he doesn't he doesn't talk like a normal person anymore. Or people who work in PR, they say things like, um chocker with pre-records for example um that kind of thing you know and it kind of just seeps from your job in, into you and you become yeah that thing that you kind of roll your eyes at when you're covering it um have you got a favorite cliche Hutchie? um i've got loads i really like loads of them there's a there's also there's a podcast i listen to as well called football cliches yeah <laughs> uh yeah, there's absolutely low. Like, I was I, as I was trying to get to sleep, I really struggled to sleep last night, Mark. So I went back and listened to an old one of them just to try and sort of calm down and drop off. And it was like a twenty minute discussion about what, um, what attributes a football stadium needs to have for you to be able to call it a cauldron, and just think, <laughs> like things like that. It's just, there's just so many footballs absolutely ridiculous for this, isn't it? It's just absolutely it's rife. Yeah. For for the record, I think you need to. There's a specific kind of gradient of seating. The seating needs to be quite steep to be a cauldron. It needs to be complete on all. Portman Road can't be a cauldron. Okay. It, needs to, it needs to be complete all four sides. Um, quite a steep gradient, um, and ideally have some kind of pyrotechnics. You need pyros if it's a cauldron. You need something yeah. bubbling, don't you? And pyros, I guess, pyros yeah. and smoke. Is Portman Road? Can it be a fortress, Hutchie? Well, that's down to the team. Yes, it can be a fortress, and it and it is at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it is a fortress at the moment. Yeah, is it a happy hunting ground for Ipswich? It is for opposition. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, happy hunting ground. That's another good one. Yeah, superb. Uh, well, let's hope it's not a fine margin to fair against Port Vale tomorrow night, Hutchie. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a lot more to talk about today, is there? We've 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 got to about forty minutes. We've we've talked very excitedly about Ipswich Town. Thrashing Charlton. I suppose let's talk about the, the run-in, shall we, Hutchie, before we finish. So you play Port Vale tomorrow and there's four games left. Um, and, I mean, P- Peterborough away looks like a real... Obviously, we know there's Barnsley coming up as well. But Peterborough away on Saturday looks like a real tasty one, doesn't it, given the form they're in? I know they lost at the weekend, actually, mm-hmm. didn't they? At Cambridge, which no one saw coming. But do you know what, Hutchie? In a derby game, all bets are off, aren't they? Form goes out the window, Mark. Exactly, it does. In, yeah. in a derby. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. That one's always that one's always looked tricky. Uh, Ipswich have have always uh, it's been tricky for Ipswich at Peterborough. Mm. Um, 
kind of been rubbing up against each other for most of this league one time in certain ways, helped by Darren McAntony basically always talking. Um, so yeah, it's, it, that won't be easy in the slightest. Um, and nor will the Barnsley game, but Ipswich are, the, Ipswich are good. Like this is the thing, like, we spent so long in, in League One looking at these games against promotion contenders, talk thinking about how tricky it will be. But they've mm. just been to Bolton and they've just been to Derby and they've won both of those games. Ipswich are mm. really good. They can win both of them. They they might not. They might lose one of them. They've got that they've got that fine margin fine margin now that they can <laughs> a margin fine margin for error. Yeah. Um but they're capable of going to both of those and winning. They have to get rid of Port Vale first. They have to do that job. Is it, if if we do have a press conference this afternoon, which we're we're still waiting to know if that's happening. Um, I think it probably is, but um if that does happen, I'm 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 sure that's what Kieran McKenna will be saying. That it's not mm. it, and, and that's the right approach. It, it's the cliche, but it's the right approach. They have to get the job done there before you can even think about Peterborough and um Peterborough and Barnsley, but they are capable of winning both of those games. So, and that's why there's you feel so so good and feel so confident about this team because they're really good and they're capable. Mm. Mm. And it's that kind of feeling going into games like Peterborough and Barnsley away, actually genuinely feeling confident that Town are going to probably win the game or at least go in with a very very good you know chance, feeling that that they maybe should win the game or mm-hmm. could win the game it's so alien isn't it compared to what we've what we've kind of struggled through for, yeah. for years now any kind of big game against anyone Ipswich Town won't perform they won't win it it's just mm. kind of been accepted hasn't it we're starting to get used to it I think I think yeah. it's taken a while but it's taken till five games from the end to kind of get used to that but like, if you go back Go back to the co the COVID season when Ipswich went to Peterborough. I can't remember if Paul Lambert was in charge of it or whether Cook had taken over by this point. Um, but we thought they'd lose, and mm-hmm. they did. They were. It was really muddy and horrible and wet, and we were nervous about it because we just thought they wouldn't wouldn't be able to cope with with Peterborough, um, who were at that point direct physical still are they still mm. uh, but they they play they you know they play good football too peterborough they're a good team but we just knew that it wasn't going to happen and it didn't they and it but, but it doesn't it's not like that anymore and we and we are slowly getting that mindset and maybe it's taken a while for people on the outside to catch up with how people on the inside feel about it mm. but um but we're at that point They've beaten Bolton, they've beaten Derby, and they can beat Peterborough and Barnsley as well. Mm. But you almost go into those games with an expectation, don't you? Which is a, like a warm glow, I'd describe it as, going into those kind of games where you think, well, my, you know what, there's yeah. no reason to be afraid of anything. My wife says her optimism is the root of all disappointment. Wow. So, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's how we live our lives in this house. So uh, is that is that tra- is that one of her sayings, or has she picked that up from somewhere? I think um, is that like because that's essentially a, a variation on the the famous that it's the hope that kills you football. Yeah, cliche. Isn't it? Yeah, well, she's yeah she's she's reworked that. Um, what was it again? Optimism is the root of all disappointment. 
<laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. But um, <laughs> but no, no, you've got to feel good about it. Got to feel good about it. Don't get your hopes up. That way, you'll never you'll never be sad afterwards. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of hopes, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast today. Hutchie, I guess we better play. What's the game? What's the shirt over your shoulder? Clearly, I'm the worst at this. It looks like a Charlton shirt from a it's long not. distance away. Uh, I have got a Charlton. I have got a Charlton shirt within there. Have you? Why have you got a Charlton shirt? Let me. Do you want me to get it? I'll show you. Yeah, I'll absolutely. show you why. Yeah, yeah. One second. Is it a Matt Holland? Is it a Matt Holland Charlton shirt? Is that why you got it? No? Nope. Somebody else. Darren Bent? No. From 2003, uh, 2004. Horizon? No. Oh, of course. There we go. Did, did the man himself give you that? Uh, no. I've, I've, I've acquired it. We've got at some point, we have to go into depth. I should say, actually, for people not watching, that's a Paolo Di Canio Charlton shirt. Just realised people are thinking, who is it? Tell me. Um, we do have to have a long conversation about what it was like working with Paolo Di Canio, covering that side. Um, what's he doing these days, Paolo? Punditry, is I he? think, for, uh, in Italy. Sky Italia, I think. Would you say he's the biggest character you've ever kind of been involved with in football? Apart from apart from Stu. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly, undoubtedly, he's uh, fascinating and concerning in equal measure. Excellent, as, as a man. Could, yeah, could sum up the podcast actually as well, couldn't it? Fascinating, concerning, and equal measure. Um, right then, should we take our leave? We're hoping there's a podcast today, uh, podcast press conference this afternoon. So keep an eye on our sites for that if you're listening to this um, before lunch. Um, Mark Heath, Andy Warren, we're going to be signing out now. Just a reminder, please, to support our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code KO8, manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. And also support the boys at Ginger Pickle. If you need any help with your marketing, your digital marketing, your SEO, your Google ads, whatever, Tony Southgate and the boys at Ginger Pickle are the ones to help you out. Somewhat awkwardly, Hutchie, um, I was made aware that Tony took Watson out for a drink over the weekend. Yeah, I've heard about this too. Didn't see an invite, didn't get an invite. Tony said there was an invite. I didn't see it. Me neither. Seems to me. Like a closed shop, interestingly. Mm, me I too. don't like it. I don't like it. it makes me feel bad. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I said I'd, I'd mention today is our friend Brad at Glory Days Artwork has some signed prints of his, signed by the legend Terry Butcher, which are going online uh, this Saturday on his website, glorydaysartwork.co.uk. £50 each, with all profits going to, to Team Marcus Stewart and the Derby Rimmer Foundation. So um, if you're interested in those, go and check out Brad's, uh, Brad's website. Obviously, money for a very very good cause indeed go and do that right then friends the sun's out the day stretches ahead of us there's another game tomorrow night for town to sweep someone else aside it's all going very well indeed and it's just town it seems a, a half decent football team this season uh, enjoy your monday and we'll be back later in the week to talk to you again <laughs>